0: Welcome to Vet Voices, a podcast produced by Warner Enterprises, where average is for other people. Army, Marines, Navy, Air Force, Coast Guard, let your voice be heard on Warner's Veteran Podcast. Now buckle up and get ready for the host of Vet Voices, Greg, Johnny, and Adam.
1: All right. Welcome back. Uh, in the room with us, we have Eric Downing, our Chief Operating Officer, who's been in that role
2: since uh, the turn of the year. Eric, welcome. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, a whole, I think we're 100. No, not even 100 days in. Still in the role. It's still in yeah, the role. Have to be doing something right. Absolutely right, I guess. I haven't heard all of that yet, but I'm still waiting for the boss to tell me. <laughs> Good deal.
1: Well, thanks for coming out today. We've got a couple of questions for you. Uh, and we're looking forward to the conversation.
2: Yeah. So again, thanks for having me here. I appreciate it. I'm excited about it. Can you tell us about your experience in the Air
1: Force? We've hit on it a little bit in a past episode, but really interested in how it's influenced your leadership style here at Warner in the trucking industry.
2: Yeah. So I mean, we got to go back like a quarter century. Um, <clears throat> so I'll, you know, it's that's so generous. Again, right. Right. I mean, you're, I think you're in the same boat there, Greg. Um, so a little miles on that, but but absolutely. You know, I, I joined the Air Force back in 1991, seven years uh, total. I was an Airborne Communications System journeyman uh, during that time. And so for, in layman's terms, I flew on 130s and 747s, did a little joint task force stuff, um, and then on 130s, search and rescue and special ops missions. Uh, so really, really kind of cool, special time uh, in the military. I, I would say this, you know, you talk about what the military teaches you. And it's a lot of good things but for me it was you know a few things was teamwork attention to detail right we all know that patience i would say on the patient side my kids would probably give me like a c or d Um, so i can't wait to hear you guys tell me what you think about that but i think patience is really important hurry up and wait was was kind of like the theme right guys um then but above all i think is integrity and character i think those are the two most important factors I mean, a lot of people, a lot of organizations talk about that, that they have all those things and that's what they're about. But what I love about Warner, our company is those things. It's core to what we do. It's the foundation and the backbone of who we are. And if it wasn't, I don't I don't think I could be here 25 years.
3: Yeah, that's amazing. So talk to us a little bit more about uh, that training that you had, you know, in the military. Um, and those experiences, as those translate into your you know, your new role now as COO and, and effectively the leader of the operations groups um, here at Warner today.
2: Yeah, so uh, a few things come to mind, right? I mean, we all remember BASIC in, in the training we had, but managing stress, right? That was huge. You got to be able to do that, um, get a lot of lack of sleep and doing that at the same time. Working as a team, right? A team environment is huge. Nobody's an individual in the military, i um, mean, then making decisions. I mean, that's probably the biggest one is in this industry. You gotta make a lot of decisions, right? And you, and you don't always have a lot of time. You might not have all the information. So you gotta um, learn how to use your gut and be instinctive. Um, by the way, mistakes happen. They sure do, right? And my boss tells me that a lot happened at times. So it's interesting uh, part of life, but you learn from it and you move on, you don't dwell on it, right? So that's one thing you gotta do is learn and, and move on. Um, but I'll say this, if you're somebody that says, I don't make a lot of mistakes, you probably haven't done much in your life either right so again learn from it move on don't repeat it but but man keep trying keep working at it
1: how do you how do you decide what you have to decide on now versus the decisions you can wait on yeah any thoughts on that yeah
2: there's some i mean you got to prioritize you get and i think you hone that over a your military career right but also doing this job for the past 25 years you can't get everything done and you got to delegate and so uh, as as I think, there's, as Derek would say, as a CEO, he'd say, do only what the CEO can do and let everybody else do everything else. And as a COO, probably the same thing applies. Do what you can do, and then the other stuff, delegate and let them do it. Because they're closer to it, they're going to do a better job. Um, my job, I feel like, is to really um, give the people the resources they need to do the job as best they can. right? And then get the heck out of their way and let them do it. No different than in, you think about the military. If you're an officer, right? you say, hey, you got a staff sergeant or whoever it is that's running the team. Give them directions, then let those guys go get it done. Same thing. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit more
3: about, <clears throat> uh, I love what you said about, you know, uh, you know, the good leaders that I've met over my career and uh, have known in my life. Those are the guys that they didn't let fa- failures kind of stack on top of them, right? They let failures kind of be the steps. That they stepped on Forward and moved forward and learned from it as they progressed. Talk to us a little bit more. Maybe, maybe you know, if you can think back that far, you know, it's, it's almost thirty years since you were in basic 20, training. Twenty five. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. No, you're right. What, what, is 30, it, what is it for you, Chris? Thirty two. Yeah, no comment. Yeah. Uh, you know, go back. You know, if you can remember, maybe a funny story. I mean, I love those. I love to think. You know, when when uh, you know my my uh, you know my pals get together and we talk about some of the old times and we talk about some of the old stories. Uh, of us and during basic training or us during a deployment or a mission you know it's always fun to to reminisce and recollect about some of those funny stories can you think of a a story from you know your time and you know early on in your military career where it was you know a fundamental failure you just fell flat on your face and you learned something and you moved on and then maybe you know play that forward into today's time right you know Give us something that, you know, maybe recently happened that you're like, ah, I wish I would have done that different or, or you know, ha- had I known, t- you know, maybe some of that that information I would have made a different decision and the outcome would have been different.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, here's the thing. I'm, I mean, I think we've all, you th- I talked about being a little bit, you know, got stress and lack of sleep. Uh, so I'll go the, the military side first. And so I was, uh, I don't see how much I can say that isn't confidential, but we used to do exercise missions called polo hats, right? And so what big part of it is doing your job without sleep. And so we're on like basically 36 or 40 hours of no sleep. You get up early in the morning, you pre-flight a plane and you go on this mission um, and you're being refueled. So you're just constantly going and you're getting, you know, no breaks. And I remember my boss at the time was talking to me and I literally fell asleep standing up. (laughs) Been there. Like I'm I'm saying, I bet we all can relate to that.
1: Coffee stops working at a
3: point.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, and literally, and and I, he, I remember him tapping me on the shoulder and going, Hey, 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 wake, wake up. And I mean, you you find places that you can sleep anywhere any any place and sometimes you, your your body starts shutting down but that's part of the training right um I you know so if I think about like today I mean what what we do from a stress perspective and from that perspective uh, you, you know I kind of liken to the same thing I mean that's why I think veterans fit so good in what we do right because of the stress level and the ability to like you know f- just figure it out and pull from your core. Um, and then also you got so many good people around you in the military You can rely on your on your guys and gals right that are there to support you the same thing here I mean, I think at the end of the day is nobody gets to go it alone here I mean that that's what I think people love about working here I mean no different than the, the, the three of us four of us have worked together for a long period of time and you just know and you Trust the people so I, I don't it's tough for me to say like a major failure here at Warner Enterprises because man We got so much support. You don't really get a chance to hopefully ever fail that bad but there's a, but you're learning all the time. You mean you make little mistakes and you learn from it and you improve. Um, but I would say this: make sure that you know if you're new here or if you're coming in here, you ask questions. Ask a ton of questions to people that have been here a while and learn and know and grow from that. Um, and that, and I, that's one thing I've always done since I've been here is, is that. Like, yeah, I love ask people.
3: I, yeah, I love love what you said about the team here. I mean, you know, if you're a new driver here or you're a new associate here at Warner, you know, you've got a team of people that are your battle buddies. They are here to help. We're all here to help you be successful. Ask questions.
0: So, Eric, it's no secret that the U.S. military is the most technology advanced uh, military in all the world. How Has that technology focus uh, impacted you in any way, shape, or form?
2: Yeah. Are we, are we talking about the Air Force? It can't be the Army, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> right, right so many, so many Technology in the Army yeah. was a high-speed <clears throat> pair of... Jungle boots. I mean, is yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Yeah, technology is a big deal, right? You got to be the most advanced, and so so if I, I think about how that you know obviously enters yes, and we're constantly evolving, and, and the, the the government spends billions of dollars on making sure we are the most advanced. So if I turn that into Warner Enterprises, and, and I think this, if you're not embracing technology, you're going to get left behind, and and I'm going to put a plug in for Dara, um, our CIO, and I'd say this that, that he I think has reawakened our want to be a tech leader and i don't mean bleeding edge but definitely leading edge Um, i think tech is part of our dna today and maybe it wasn't before as much Um, we do things i think it helps us do things better faster safer than we've ever done before it's part of our competitive edge right that that makes us better i mean people are the most important part but if you give people the tech to do their jobs better that's how you win Um, a couple things that i apply it to is you think about our trucks right you think about the safety tech in our trucks um, I'm going to list off a couple of them, and I'll probably miss some, but you think about forward-facing cameras, active braking, collision mitigation, lane assist, assist, adaptive cruise, the list goes on and on. That's the stuff that's really cool and important. And then you think about environmental. The trucks today, from an MPG perspective or fuel efficiency, are so much better, and there's so, such less like uh, carbon and greenhouse gases emitted because of the, the trucks that we have. Um, so that's a journey that we're on, and we're embracing it. And I think that you can be really proud about what we're doing here, uh, the investment we're making in the tech and on the trucks and making them safer and better, um, you know, by comparison.
3: Yeah, and when you think – when you boil that all back into efficiency, the efficiency gained – you know, we're in a small margin business. And so uh, any opportunity that we can take to gain efficiency um, and to lower our costs, uh, just just help us generate, you know, bottom line revenue that we can plow back into the business.
2: Yeah, that's, I mean, you think about it, that's how we give pay increases to our drivers and to our people here, right? So um, it is small margin business. It, it absolutely is. And so all of those little, little advantages matter. And then we, we reinvest most of that money that profit back into the company and buying trucks and trailers, investing in people and technology. Because let's be honest, it costs a lot of money to operate a trucking company. You're paying most of that stuff out every day, every week, right? You think about fuel and pay and all those things. That's the biggest cost we have in maintenance. So you got to keep those trucks up and running. Yeah, I mean, Warner drivers drive, what is it, three million miles every single day,
3: that's a lot of fuel. That's a lot of diesel fuel burn. Yep.
1: It's also, I mean, who doesn't like on the driver's side getting into a brand new vehicle or a nearly brand new vehicle Mm -hmm. and i i I appreciate a new truck
3: i I just i want to comment on that you know i I was recently at one of our partner schools um and we had a one of our trucks there one of our operation freedom trucks uh was on site and to see the team of people there that you know gaggle around and look at that truck and you know You know, these are people that are new to our industry, and so they've been training and they've been working with equipment that is probably a little on the older side, and it's a little more run down. It's a little more well used. And then you get to see one of these new trucks, you know, what we call a show truck, show up on site, and they get to get up in that vehicle, and they get to sit behind the wheel or sit in the passenger seat and, you know, create that vision in their mind of them driving this brand new piece of technology. Um, It is
2: Awe-inspiring. Yeah, I mean, and, and I look at it too. It's their home away from home, right? You should give them something nice and something safe uh, that they can be proud of, right? Because they're spending a lot of time out on that road and doing some some hard work, right? They're the face of Werner to our customers, uh, so we need to give them that good equipment. And we're and, and again, I'm Warner should be proud of what we do in that area. Yeah, you briefly touched on sustainability,
3: so I'm going to jump forward here in the questions real quick. Let's talk a little bit about sustainability and reducing, you know, the environmental impact that we have from the operations day to day. You know, can you kind of give us a, a forward look or give us some some of the company's priorities or, or uh, innovations that we've got coming
2: forward in yeah, yeah. sustainability? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, good question, Greg. And, and like I said, touching on that before, uh, you know, we're fully committed to reducing our impact on the environment. We're making massive investments in these areas, like in the tech area, the equipment we operate, the training we give our folks. That's just important. If you don't know how to use your equipment, just like in the military to the best of your ability, you're not going to be able to take advantage of it. So it's a win-win, right? The environment and our people, it's a win. Um, But outside of this, the trucks, the new trucks that we're talking about, man, we're we're talking about uh, electric, hydrogen, natural gas, renewable diesel, carbon capture devices. I mean, it goes on and on. Every single new tech that's out there, uh, we're, we're investing in, right? We're, we're testing out, we're looking at it. There's nothing that we're, we have an innovation council that's focused on that stuff. So some of our, uh, from all different parts of our company walks, walks of life here, they're involved in that stuff. So we're getting excited about it. If you're here at Warner, you should know we're 100% committed to being a good steward of our environment, right? And everything that we do.
1: So we've hit on a couple of them already, but what challenges do you see facing the industry and Warner as a whole, and how what, what are we doing to prep for those challenges
2: so you, you mean there's challenges in trucking <laughs> <Just a few. laughs> i i have you know i haven't heard of them I'm, I'm, okay, if anybody's listening if derek's listening i'm joking that's not i mean obviously there's challenges i mean the biggest one you think about in my role is the you know the economic conditions you can't control all those um, so you got to be aware of it you got to be focused you got to have good people around it and you got to have a plan we forecast like crazy and make sure that we uh, build this this big huge ship for the future, right? So the economy is number one number two to me is the regulatory challenges you think about all the stuff that's going on with rules and and that Um We got to stay close to it. We got to work with our partners in the federal government and the state governments to make sure that, you know, that we're talking to the people that matter about making sure that, that, you know, this is a sustainable model for the future. Um, And last but not least, probably most important is labor. I worry about making sure that we have truck drivers and tech mechanics and technicians and office associates for the future. Um, You know, that's that's super important. Um, You know, that's probably one of the main parts of my job. Uh, You just can't let your guard down. I think we're great at it. But you got to stay on top of it and be focused on it and uh, so you can continue to hire the best and the brightest and bring them in
3: you know as we think about veterans and and we think about you know wanting more veterans to join our our organization and to join our team you know what what are some of the areas that warner you know hits uh hits the mark so to say um in terms of attracting or trying to retain top talent uh particularly competitive in the veteran space i mean yeah. we want more veterans to come here and to be our, our teammates um, I certainly am passionate about that. I know you are as well. You know, what are some of the things or, or what are some of the traits here at Warner that you think will help us do that?
2: Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. We're all veterans, and we know, you know, from the standpoint of the work ethic, I think, is huge. But I, th- I think the, our value system, uh, treat, you know, we, we treat others like, like we want to be treated with respect and dignity. I think that's huge. Um, you know, you have leaders that are focused on keeping our com- company strong and vibrant um, and it gives our associates the opportunity to grow, right? Grow in, in both social and financially. Um, and then I'm going to put a plug in here for our CEO because we have the best darn CEO in the in the country when it comes to our industry. Um, that didn't hurt. And by the way, being a military guy, you want to follow strong leaders, right? I mean, we're all leaders, but you want to follow a strong leader. Uh, you got a pretty good guy there, um, and the guy's focused on the right stuff. Amen.
0: Awesome, Eric. So we've got Offutt Air Force Base real close to us here at Warner HQ, and you know we're kind of a base of operations ourselves. But we've got this whole community that's around us. How do you see us, uh, you know, with Warner kind of involved in the community? Is there philanthropic initiatives that we participate in? What can you What can you
2: share around that? Uh, yeah, good question, John. I mean, it's hard to keep up with all the stuff we're doing, right? You think about. Um Uh, The United Way, the Red Cross, a bunch of veteran supporting organizations, the Blue Brigade. Uh, We're all now invested in a new thing that we've just started this year. Uh, It's the 50 Mile March Foundation, which we think is really cool, and I know that there's a lot of guys and gals prepping for that. Uh, But it's not just about financial support, guys. It's about the blood, sweat, and tears, giving up your time. Mm -hmm. You got to be out there. You got to be visible. You got to be active in your community. I mean, our leader literally, I mean, absolutely, is involved in a ton of stuff, and he believes you got to give back to your community.
1: What lessons have you learned as a leader uh, in the trucking industry that you think would be valuable for other leaders to know, not necessarily within the trucking space?
2: Yeah, well, and, and so I, it's hard for me not to talk about the military or, the, or trucking when it comes to that. But so if I'm talking about this, this industry, I mean, first of all, I think you picked a great industry to be part of. Right? No, I don't think there's hardly anything better. This industry keeps America running. Um, you know, I, I, I think of it this way. Farmers feed America. The military, right? And, and the uh, first responders protect America. Everything else that you get that you go buy, whether it's clothing, whether it's food, right? Guess what that comes on? That comes on a truck. And so if there weren't truck drivers and truckers, really good luck uh, keeping America moving, right? There's no way that 70% of plus of that stuff gets to the stores that we all go to to survive on on a truck. So if you're not proud of being a trucker, that's crazy, right? You should be proud of this, of what we do. Um, and embrace it, right? Because I I am, I'm proud of it every day. It helps keep me going here because I know what we do. This
1: is a weird sentence to even say out loud, but one of the good things that came out of COVID, I think, was truly that appreciation. I think that people, especially at the very beginning of the pandemic, really saw shelves empty out uh, for whatever reason that was, but uh, very quickly realized that it was the truck driver, the industry as a
3: whole that was keeping that grocery store stocked. I think we have to be be cognizant of the fact that you know even you know of all the things that the federal government does um, you know it does a lot of a lot of things right it designated the truck driver as an essential worker and you know we can't lose sight of that right that designation says you know without this person doing their job essentially the country shuts down and so we have to you know we have to keep hitting on that and we have to keep enforcing that. We have to keep stressing that. We have to keep repeating that uh, to, to make sure that we don't lose sight um, and we don't lose focus on the idea that you know we do keep America moving. Yeah. 72% of everything that's bought in the store today comes by truck. So we've got to make sure we, we continue that message.
2: So it behooves us, all of us involved that are leaders in, in, in this organization and in the industry as a whole, our job is to constantly remind people of how important the, the, of the function of what truck drivers really do right and all the people that support it um, because again it, it's like a, I think it's like my, I think of my kids right about two minutes later they forgot what would just happen and they're moving on to the next thing and that's kind of our you know mentality I think as Americans um, so you know every day I'm a, my part of my job is to be a cheerleader right be a cheerleader for the organization the people that work here and make sure they get the support that they need how does
1: Warner prioritize safety? Uh, for our drivers and for our communities.
2: Yeah, well, by the way, that's pretty simple. It's in everything we do, and I mean everything. Our mar- motto is nothing we do is worth getting hurt or hurting others, and we live by it. There, there really are no exceptions to that. I mean, we're not going to move freight if it's not safe. We're not going to let our people do anything if it's not safe. Um, and that focus starts at the hiring process, and trust me, it's reinforced at every step of the way, uh, th- through through the training all the way up um, until somebody leaves here and retires. We, that's all we talk about. It, it's number one, most important thing. Uh, that we do Um, that's why we have brand new trucks and trailers with the safest uh, you know equipment on and tech on it Um, because let's be honest our families are on that road as well right Mm -hmm. you know they're out there um, our drivers families are on those roads and we want to make sure that everybody is taken care of and can be safe while they're out there driving around Um, so we take safety seriously here
1: all right parting shot what is the one piece of advice you'd give to a brand new truck driver and what is the one piece of advice you'd give it to a brand new office associate starting out here at the company?
2: Yeah, and and, and they might be a little bit different because I mean, at the end of the day, um, unless you're coming from the military and you're you're going into trucking, you're going to be away from away from home a little more than you're used to in most cases. You know, probably ninety percent. So I would say have a little patience. Have patience. Ask for help. Right, we're here to help you because it's going to be different. Right? Your lifestyle is changing a little bit. Um, but, it, man, is a, it's going to be rewarding. You just got to get through that first 30, 60, 90 days, and then you got it, right? And it's going to be rewarding not only for you but for your family, both financially, right, and then knowing that you're part of something big and cool like Warner Enterprises because we're going to be there for you. But, man, I'm telling you, that first 30, 60 days is, is life-changing, and, and we're going to be here to support you through that. Now, if you're an office associate, you're going to learn a lot, right? You, I mean, you're going to be overwhelmed with this stuff because pe- people don't know how complex trucking really is. I mean, we people think it's simple. There's a lot going on here. Um, but have patience also and be willing to just learn and ask questions. And, um, and the biggest thing, too, is understand that the people you're dealing with a lot of times are truckers who aren't home all the time. And you got to have some... Um, a little bit of emotional support for them and understanding, empathy. I think is a big word. Um, so I'd give advice to say, hey, you know, what, you got to put yourself in their shoes. Um, and if you can do that, uh, I think you'll go. It'll go a long ways here.
1: Good deal. Thanks for joining us today, Eric.
0: Awesome, Eric. Thank you so much for being here and being also a part of the official We Vets uh, workplace group. So really appreciate that. We actually have a couple. Articles that we're going to read and kind of discuss here. 29th of March, Vietnam Veterans Day. This time next year, the Nebraska Vietnam Veterans Memorial will be completed and open to the public. Check out the website to find out more about the memorial. The location is nearby here, a mile south of Highway 370 on 108th Street on the south side of the Sumter Amphitheater. Amphitheater. The memorial website address is https colon slash slash n V-V-M-F.org. It will be an amazing memorial built to honor the 400 Nebraskans that paid the ultimate price in serving during the Vietnam War. It will also be for veterans of all conflicts. Check it out. Thoughts on that, guys? Well, my immediate thought was that uh, Greg is a Vietnam veteran and <laughs> that we should probably... <laughs>
2: Wow. Thanks. I thought, it was South Co- I thought it was the Korean War. Yeah, you
3: guys are both real nice. <laughs> I, let's, let's focus ourselves back on the task at hand and recognize what a cool memorial that, that site is going to be. It was actually at the groundbreaking ceremony uh, a year and a half ago, and uh, Werner is going to be a, a participant in the, uh, in, in the project. We're going to have uh, uh, our name on, a, on a, a section of the wall over there. Um, and Senator and Secretary of Defense, Chuck Hagel, uh, was actually at the uh, groundbreaking ceremony. And, you know, he, he, th- he said something that I thought was very poignant to this. And he said that, you know, why do we build memorials? And he, he said, we build memorials for all of us to remember the shared sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And so it, it just it, it really moved me and it stuck with me. And this idea that, you know, the only people that truly understand the term shared sacrifice and understand what that means at this level and that, on you know, in, in the military focus um, are veterans. And so um, I, was, I was very moved to be there, and, and I think this is going to be a very cool um, memorial. It's going to be very... Uh, It's going to be very respectful, it's going to be really tastefully done, and I think it's going to be a a proud addition to uh, Sarpy County.
0: Eric, this kind of goes back to what you just said about kind of as Americans, there's so much going on that sometimes our attention span is a little shorter. Any thoughts on what this memorial would would do for that or help that?
2: Yeah, and I was actually there, I think, with Greg when when they uh, rolled this thing out, and so it's kind of awe-inspiring and humbling um, to think about the people that have come before you. I, it, you know, a lot of our grandparents, parents, you know, served in the military and um, but even for those who haven't just slowing down, going and looking uh, at those things and just thinking about the, the sacrifices that people made for, you know, for our country. Um, again, I think it's really important to remember uh, those things that happened, partly so you, so we don't repeat those things again. Right. Because people gave gave all. Right? I mean, that's the thing. Some gave all and those folks. A lot of those folks gave all. Yep.
1: And it's certainly a lot of lessons were learned as a nation that when we came home from that war, uh, the recognition was not necessarily there. So it's it's nice to see uh, this happen. I mean, it's been every bit of 60 years, 65 years uh, at least, and we're still now recognizing uh, those veterans that came home from that war. It's definitely a cool thing to see in our
0: backyard Awesome. Well, we've got one last article posted on We Vets here saying, This weekend, my chapter of the Combat Veterans Motorcycle Association relayed a portrait of an Army Ranger who was KIA in Afghanistan. One of our members was commissioned to draw it for his family. The artist is in Wichita, Kansas and the family lives in Atlanta, Georgia. The portrait left Wichita Saturday morning and was passed from chapter to chapter until it was delivered Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m. I was humbled and honored to take possession in Hamilton, Alabama, and deliver it to our brothers and sisters in Leeds, Alabama, west of Birmingham. And then there's some pictures here of all these motorcycles. It's a beautiful portrait. It looks like done either pencil or ink, and they signed the back in these really shiny metallic markers here. But they got these great motorcycles Jackets and they're all together.
3: Yeah, it reminds me of when the procession came by for uh, Corporal Deegan Page, um, who was an Omaha veteran who died um, here about a year ago. Was the procession September of twenty one? That same chapter was here, and they did the procession uh, with with uh, with the family, and to see all those motorcycles uh, and those guys uh, drive by honoring him um, is truly moving. I think it just speaks to something Eric mentioned earlier of the involvement in
1: the community, uh, which is, a, I mean, it's a, it's a core value of ours as a company, uh, and we live that every day, and it's not just something we talk about. We actually have associates, I mean, every day that, that do that, whether that's informally through their own uh, relationships with uh, a combat veteran association or through one of the many different options at Warner to get involved with the local community. It's cool to see our associates do that. All right, let's uh, shift. One of the things that we do as an associate resource group is every month or a month and a half, we get together and uh, walk through a book or a podcast for part of our professional development series. Uh, one of the books that we discussed recently uh, is by Jocka Willink and Leif Babin. It's the Dichotomy of Leadership, which is a follow-on book to one of their uh, prior ones, Extreme Ownership. So just wanted to cover two of the main points that they talked about uh, in a couple of the chapters. Uh, so one is something that I think that all veterans can relate to of the the train hard, but train smart, uh, which I think is absolutely applicable here at uh, Warner as well. Uh, for training to be valuable, uh, it must be hard. Uh, it must simulate realistic challenges and apply pressure uh, to those doing the task and the, uh, to decision makers. Must be realistic, uh, must focus on the fundamentals uh, must be repetitive. And those are things that we are a company that prides ourselves in offering opportunities to folks that have never driven a commercial motor vehicle before. Uh, so our uh, a large segment of our million miler fleet drivers that have gone on to uh, drive one or more million safe miles with the company started with us on day one in the industry. Uh, and that's really a testament to not only
3: the caliber of associates that come in through our doors, but also the program that we have. We bring people brand new into this space um, and they go through a process and they earn and graduate from a school and they get their commercial driver's license. Um, And then really what we do here is we teach them how to be professional, safe uh, truck drivers on America's highways. And our finishing program, I think it's the best in the industry. I'm just very proud of, of the associates that train and lead, especially our leader team. Uh, That group really prides themselves on teaching this next generation of safe and professional truck driver.
1: All right. And another one of the chapters was focused on uh, being aggressive, but not reckless. And I think the dichotomy between those two things uh, is quite large. Uh, So aggressive really just means to be proactive, right? So it doesn't mean that leaders can get angry, lose their temper, or be aggressive toward their people, uh, but... You have to be professional with subordinates uh, of all types the team as a whole uh, but you also have to hold people accountable and you have to have a demanding vision to be successful Uh, being overly aggressive without necessarily critically thinking through something is where you start to get into that reckless uh, area uh, and that can lead ultimately to disaster depending upon the scenario
0: what is it slow is smooth and smooth is fast Yep, that's certainly applicable here. Yeah.
1: That's all we've got for today. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. As always, drive safe. Uh, if you have questions about uh, the Warner Veteran Organization, please reach out to us at, we at wevets at warner.com. That's uh, W E V E T S at warner.com. And we will get you additional information. Thanks, everybody.